Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joining again this week by co-host Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent. And we are here to recap WWE Elimination Chamber from yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday, so from Saturday night. Uh, great show. Honestly, one of the best, not just like non-top five, like one of the best WWE pay-per-views, or I'm sorry, premium live events that uh, we've I've seen in quite a long time. There's not a really a bad thing on it from start to finish. Um, so I think we can all pretty much agree on that. So let's just go through the card match by match and just give thoughts and everything, starting with the first match on the show, the women's elimination chamber match with Asuka winning. So she goes on to WrestleMania to fight Bianca Belair for the raw women's title. Uh, it's a good matchup. It's a fresh matchup. I thought the chamber match itself was good. I think they did a good job of making everybody kind of in both chamber matches actually really like a showcase spot. Everybody came out of it looking good. I mean, hell, even Carmella, who I'm like, oh, why is they waste of stop to Carmella? You know, her small trash talking and her near falls at the end with Asuka making you think, oh, no, maybe like if this was Vince booking, oh, no, Carmella's going to win. But it was a good match. It was, like I said, it highlighted everybody's strengths. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, it, it kind of like the women's division was kind of at a point where we're like, oh, OK, you know, you got your top women, but that's it. But I think, you know, with Nikki Cross, with um, Carmella, with Raquel Rodriguez, with Liv Morgan, I mean, hell. Even Natalia, I gotta give Natalia credit. Um, everybody came out of that looking better than they were going in. Uh, I'll throw it over to you, Cam, first. What were your thoughts on the women's chamber match? Yeah, I mean, the right woman won. I mean, I think it was it was actually like a really good match. If you look at like the women Royal Rumbles and the women chamber matches and the ladder matches, there's been some duds. Um, overall, I thought it was it was well done. Even you know, like you talked about, you know, Carmella and Natty being in there, I thought they did a great job. Um, I did think like the beginning was kind of funny, especially in the men's one where like everyone had to go to every pod and like taunt their taunt the opponents. And I'm like, okay, that's a little silly. But, um, other than that, you know, I thought it was a great match. I think Oscar looks like a brand new reborn star. Um, they're finally giving her that gimmick that she got her super over while she was in Japan. I don't know why Vince never went to pull the trigger on it. Who knows? Um, women don't wear, wear face paint. They wear makeup brother. Uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, I think, I agree. Oscar Bianca should be a banger match. Should be a great promos leading up to it. Um, drastic style of, of offense. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, do they pull the trigger and put the title on Oscar? I could definitely see that happening in mania, kind of like a rebirth, if you will, for her career in the WWE. Um, I was a little surprised it went first. I thought they were going to do the men's chamber match first and then have the women's match be the buffer in between uh, before Roman Sammy. But, you know, they went with it first and, you know, it wasn't as bad as I expected. So, you know, kudos to all the women involved. I think Raquel uh, Rodriguez looked like a looked like a star. Um, I think that she has that potential. She's kind of coming into her own. So, yeah, well done for the women. Yeah, I thought coming out of that match that Raquel definitely had that maybe next year is her time WrestleMania vibe going into it. That's what I got coming away from that. Uh, but yeah, like you said, you know, that is weird. This whole thing going up to everybody and taunting everybody in the chamber when everybody comes out is just weird. It's like, guys, this isn't SmackDown versus Raw. You can't just keep hitting the taunt button and like getting your uh, finisher boost built up so you can add finishers. Come on now. Um, Chairman, what are your thoughts? I think it was okay. I mean, the right person won. I mean, Asuka, you know, she, she kind of, you know, got back to her old gimmick from Japan, you know, you know, she just been breaking out. And I think like someone said, like, she was like the first woman to like win a rumble elimination chamber and money in the bank. And she's former champion on both brands and NXT. So like she, her, she's got a hall of fame resume already. So now she's just adding to her lengthy resume. Like she just looks intimidating as hell now, like her taunting, you know, her, just crazy strikes like her Bianca is going to be a banger at mania for sure. And of course the question is someone's going to probably end up being a heel. So we'll kind of see where we go in the next few weeks leading up to that. Uh, great to see Nikki cross kind of back to her psycho ways again. I mean, really don't see her a whole lot, but you know, when I do see her, you know, she's no longer that Nikki ass character that was God awful, terrible. Like she's back to the Nikki cross that we all loved and respected. So, you know, she had her moments, and it was awesome to see. But uh, Liv Morgan, man, you know, you know she was starting the match, and sure, it took two women to take her out, but I felt like she got taken out a little earlier in the contest, kind of did her dirty in my book. Like, I was kind of hoping it would have been Asuka, Liv Morgan as the final two, because, you know, Liv had a great showing in the Rumble, and it would have been nice to see her kind of get there. Like, Carmelo was, 
I don't know. I'm not a fan of Carmella right now. I haven't been in the last few years. I don't like her getting the final decisive, you know, person in there, but whatever. You know, Natty, she was a veteran in Canada, so of course, you know, she figured. I'm still trying to figure out Raquel Rodriguez. Like, I don't know. I feel like something's missing versus her NXT run. I mean, maybe it's just because she's on SmackDown, which is kind of a weaker brand for women when there's a lot of stronger opponents on Raw. So this chamber match, you know, she was with some people like, you know, Asuka, you know, and Nikki Cross, you know, some better women. So I don't know what the maker of her in the end game here. Like, is she going to be a champion this time next year? I guess we'll kind of wait and see. But overall, I think, you know, the match was okay. Asuka was the right choice for a winner. I'm really excited to see what they do with her and Bianca. Yeah, I think the one problem with Raquel is that she was pretty much, for the most part, a heel on NXT, and she was, like, the enforcer of Dakota Kai, so she had that, like, kind of, like, badass vibe to her where she's kind of got that now, but she's also a babyface and has that weird, like, you know, salsa dance music when she comes to the ring and is smiling more often. I think she needs to get that edge back to her character and to probably get it to the right way, I think, uh, in order for her to get to the next spot on, like, the top spot on the main roster. But, yeah, uh, like, enjoyable, definitely, like you said, I thought, like, and another, thing, another spot I should say that I don't like is also when Carmella was, like, running into the chambers and trying to close them and, like, hide in there. It's like, can't the re- why can't the referee just pull it open like they did when they let them out when their number or when there was time to come out? It's, like, not that hard. Like, I don't, like, that's the one, another spot I really didn't care for in addition to the, uh, the like the spots where they're taunting everybody going in. Yeah. Like, why can't you just, the referee just reopen the chamber? Come on now. Uh, all right. That gets us on to our next match, which is, where was Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, good little Haas fight ending with Lesnar, um, low blowing Lashley ca- causing the DQ and giving Lashley the win. Uh, you had, um, then afterwards F5 and Lashley to the table. Then you get an F5 for the poor referee. I think it was Chad Patton. Uh, who also got F5'd onto the broken table as well. So it sucks for him. Uh, curious spot to where this goes now for them, because on SmackDown on Friday, Bray Wyatt said something along the lines of, you know, the winner of Lashley-Lesnar better run. So, of course, the joke on Twitter was that Lesnar intentionally got himself DQ'd because he didn't want to deal with Bray Wyatt. But I don't, like, it just feels like it came out of nowhere, and I don't know if it's a red herring and it's not what's going to happen. But that obviously really wasn't a decisive finish for Lesnar-Lashley. Apparently, nobody really knows what's going on with them. Um, so who knows there? Uh, so just your thoughts. I'll let you, Chairman, start here. Your thoughts on the match, and where do you think this whole direction is leading towards WrestleMania? I mean, the number two you know, match on the card is usually kind of the whatever match. Um, I mean, these two, seeing them advertised for this show, pretty much said to me, like, okay, this is definitely not going to be the final chapter. And that's kind of when I went no contest for the prediction I submitted to you because I'm like, they're probably going to get themselves like double DQ'd or something. And then they're going to run it back at mania. Obviously they went the DQ route instead, but it's like, okay, they could easily run this back at mania and get a definite winner. You know, maybe we added some stipulation, whether it be like last man standing, hell in a cell. I mean, I quit whatever they want to do. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, now that you got the Bray Wyatt stuff in there, it's like, I don't think I want to see a match with Bray Wyatt and either of these two because the styles just wouldn't mesh well. And I think the psychological game of Bray Wyatt and Lashley or Lesnar would just be really, really weird. Um, I just don't know if I would get into that. So, I mean, this was what it was. I mean, I think the safe play here is just to run back Lesnar and Lashley with big stipulation. And I don't know what they do with Bray Wyatt at this point, but I don't know. It's just this this stuff was kind of weak, and and some of the crowd, I guess, you know, obviously didn't like the DQ finish and rightfully so on a pay per view, but it is what it is. Yeah, like Lesnar be like Lesnar's character would not be scared of Bray Wyatt. He would just come out and do a promo and be like, you know, I don't give a shit what you are, man. I'm gonna kick your ass and I'll kick Uncle Howdy's ass. And like, it seems like a lot of people have soured. I know I'm one of them on the whole Bray Wyatt thing since he's come back. Like, yeah, the match happens with LA Knight, and like, I don't get like 
what the long term long term excuse me story arc you know, he's with him with Alexa Bliss with you know, now he's coming back and we're doing Firefly Funhouse segments it's like how many characters are we gonna have before we actually get kind of more depth and meaning to this uh, I suggested on Twitter doing the uh, the fight pit match for uh, WrestleMania you know kind of almost treat it like a shoot style MMA match and just let these guys go at it I'm sure they'll make it work I mean it's obvious that it's obvious given the fact that these guys have had a long feud like this that Lesnar respects Lashley. Lesnar wants to work with Lashley. They want to have good matches together. So it's an obvious thing to me, at least, that I think what these guys want to do at Mania should be special. And, you know, there were rumors a while back that Lesnar, uh, Gunther might be a thing, but apparently that's probably not a thing now with Gunther looking at maybe a Sheamus, uh, Drew McIntyre, triple threat for the Intercontinental title. But, yeah, I mean, it makes more sense for to do another Lesnar-Lashley gimmick match and then for Bray Wyatt to, I don't know, fight Uncle Howdy at WrestleMania? I don't know what to do with him, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with them from there. What are your thoughts, Cam? I definitely think we're getting uh, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley in like a last man standing match at WrestleMania. I think it kind of just set up for that uh, last night. Um, I think that they're that's the route they want to go. Um, it was kind of weird that they had Bray Wyatt do do that promo and cut everything, and then they didn't get a clean finish. Uh, so a little interesting, maybe a little bit of premature uh, booking on Triple H's end or something. I'm not really sure. Um, also, you know, Bray's on SmackDown. You know, these guys are on Raw. Who knows? Cross promotion. Um, I mean, if they're going to keep Bray involved in this program, I assume that he's going to cost whoever the match at WrestleMania, and that's how you get – the fallout um, at this point, I mean, Bray versus either of those guys would be kind of kind of silly, if we're being honest. I mean, Bray should be taken seriously, but at the same time, it's it's a very it's a very weird and complex situation. Um, Bray's not going with like the fiend character and all this stuff. He's kind of just kind of just like that, like a kooky dude. He's like your weird uncle uh, that tells you stories about Vietnam and stuff. So um, it's a kind of an interesting interesting situation for Bray Wyatt. I mean. It's I'm very happy when he came back and all that stuff, but it's kind of starting to feel like the same thing all over again, where it comes off really strong at the beginning and then it gets a little goofy and there is no real direction. Um, so maybe just the Bray Wyatt, Fiend, Sister Abigail, the whole combination, you know, outside of his first run with Luke Harper and and, um, and Eric Rowan. I mean, it seems like they kind of get not sure what to do after they get a certain way. Um, I mean, maybe we'll see, Bray here in the next couple weeks say something, but right now I'm going to assume that it's going to be Lashley Lesnar in like a last man standing I quit type of match at Mania. Yeah, I mean, especially when you consider that Lesnar turned down working with Bray Wyatt when he was, you know, regular backwoods, creepy, uh, you know, cult leader Bray Wyatt. Why would he want then agree to work with him when he's doing all these other silly gimmicks now when that was like the could like the pot like the not the positive but like the regular gimmick Bray Wyatt people have considered and now you think Brock would want to work with him when he's doing this weird Uncle Howdy stuff like you think Brock's really gonna work a Mountain Dew pitch ma- pitch black match with uh with Bray Wyatt no I don't think so so I wouldn't even think that Brock would agree to do the work with him now even though like this Brock happy go lucky hey I'm just here to have fun piss people like you know beat people up make money like when he was on I think it was Raw this past Monday he put the cowboy hat on the little kid in the front row and then took it back it's like like, this guy, it's like, where was this Brock? I mean, this whole Brock run has been pretty good for the most part, but I'm like, where was this Brock Lesnar, like, three or four years ago where he just comes out and cut off flannels and cowboy hats and jeans with his ponytail and, like, this having fun? This is might be the best version of Brock since his debut. So, yeah, I mean, I think we all agree that it's definitely going to come down to Lesnar-Lashley again at WrestleMania, and where that leaves Bray, who knows? That brings us to the mixed tag match, which was which saw Edge and Beth Phoenix go over Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Uh, kind of surprised by that result. I mean, we all picked, uh, I posted our predictions on Twitter, we all picked uh, Rhea and Finn to win. I thought for sure Rhea was going to pin Beth, but we get Edge end up pinning uh, Finn Balor. Um kind of surprised finish. You know, match was fine. Crowd, again, the crowd, I mean, the crowd was into everything all night, but... From my standpoint, and I'll ask you this first, Cam, I don't know then if this makes sense that we get Edge versus Finn Balor inside Hell in a Cell after this, considering Edge beat Finn, and you feel like that like a Hell in a Cell match normally leads to the reason being because the heel won. But uh, what do you think, Cam? Yeah, I mean, to me, the most surprising finish of the night. Um, Rhea 
just won the Rumble. Rhea's on a hot streak. We talked last week about how Rhea's really coming into her own, establishing, her, establishing herself as a top female talent in the WWE. And they lose to 50-year-old Edge, who's next hanging on by a couple screws. And Beth Phoenix, unless you really watched the WWE during the John Cena era, Beth Phoenix, I mean, no disrespect, isn't top five, isn't even top ten in my opinion in women wrestling. So I think they're, she's married to Edge. You know, she was a wrestler for a while. She was the champion during, like, the weird part of the time where WWE where they're trying to transition from Cena and Orton to Punk, Brian, all those guys. So she was there for that. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't understand the finish. Um, are they going to run it back at Mania? Supposedly, isn't this going to be Edge's last match in the WWE this WrestleMania since he said that to the Montreal crowd last year? You know, this is his his last run. Um, I mean, it's time to move on. Give give Edge somebody else at Mania. I mean, as we're assuming we're still getting Dominic versus Ray on one of the nights in a one-on-one singles match. Um, Priest and Balor might get left on the, the wayside on the show. Um, I don't know. I don't know where this leads them. Um, I think Finn and Edge can have good matches, but I feel like this story has gone way too long. It's run its course. And as much as I love Finn Balor, you know, the build hasn't been good enough to where if this is the last match and it's Edge versus Finn Balor in Hell in a Cell um, or something along those lines, they do that type of match. Finn has to win, right? Um, I mean, I don't know. I was really surprised. I thought Finn and Rhea were going to win last night and then they would move on. Rhea would move on to Charlotte. Um, Finn and, you know, Damian would go back to maybe Ray Mysterio beating him up with Dominic. I don't know. I was very confused. Um, I didn't really like the match at all. I didn't think it was a very good match in general. Um, and Edge, you know, when he came back a couple years ago, it was cool. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's been very lackluster. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I've said before, I said time and time again, when Edge won the Royal Rumble from number one, it was okay. He was there, but he didn't do anything. I mean, his matches, like his, you know, that his first match back was with Randy Orton. Um and not, I mean, technically it was the Rumble, but like his singles match, I think, was with Randy Orton at the uh, COVID Mania, and that was bad. And then they had the greatest match of all time, or whatever the heck it was called, I think, at Backlash, which was fine, but was not the greatest match of all time. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything memorable he's really done. Yeah, he won the Rumble. Yeah, he was in the main event of One Night at WrestleMania, but... Yeah, I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's like cool. It's like it's almost like Edge himself. It's like, yeah, Edge is good. He's cool. But like outside of winning the money in the bank, like the first time and cashing in, like his career's just kind of been like, you know, good, but nothing too memorable. And I'm like, I'm not trying to knock Edge. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a good performer. But I mean, you talk about like, you know, with Beth Phoenix and hit, you know, Beth Phoenix is from Buffalo. Even even I would agree with you that she's not top 10 when it comes to women. You know, kind of the same thing with Edge, like good performer, you know, but is he like in the top 10, 15, 20 male performers in WWE history? I, no, I don't think he would be. Um, but yeah, like I said, if it's his last match, I feel like, you know, Finn's obviously would have to go over clean and they need to do something big with judgment day. Then to follow up after that, maybe a new leader, Jay white cough cough, but uh, we'll see. Uh, what were your thoughts uh, chairman? Yeah, it's funny. Cause originally when I was texting you the picks, I actually had edge and Beth originally first. And then I'm like, wait a minute, Rhea's in this match. Rhea can't lose. So for WrestleMania, you know, she won the rumble. So I was thinking, okay, Rhea would pin Beth. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll change my pick too. Maybe I should have changed that pick because clearly I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. But, uh, yeah, I'm confused like you guys are on why Edge and Beth won this match. Like, Rhea needed the momentum. And, honestly, she did take the loss, so honestly don't hurt her. But, yeah, it's like how many times can we run Finn Balor and Edge? Like, I feel like Edge's, like, feuds since he's returned a couple years ago are, like, the never-ending feuds that, like, Seth Rollins used to have with people. He's, like, like, he's the uh, Chris Jericho at the WWE right now. Yeah, no shit. Um, but yeah, like Edge had that long feud of Randy Orton, then he had that long feud of Seth Rollins, and now he's having this long feud of Judgment Day. I think where they messed up is you know, when you go back to last year's when Edge was the leader of Judgment Day, and then they kicked him out right away because they needed more fan favorite faces. And like, well, Edge works better as a heel. Like, if you go back to his tag team days with Christian, you know, there was some good stuff when they were heels. Obviously, the Raid R Edge was fantastic. I mean, he works better as a heel. Like he's, you know, stuff with the Undertaker. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's like we need to get Edge back to being a heel again for his last hurrah. But I think at this point, I don't think we're going to get that. 
And I mean, I saw somewhere that he's stepping up to trash theory. I know it's going to give away our next match, but you know, he's going to challenge for the U S title. And then, um, it's like, okay, well, does Edge, when the U.S. title go to Mania, drop it? I mean, who knows what if? Or does Finn Balor interfere? And then, of course, they have to settle their shit at WrestleMania again. I mean, there's so much what ifs right now. And then I saw in the post-show uh, conference last night, Edge and um, Beth were kind of talking to answer some questions. I was kind of half dozing in and out. And Edge was saying, like, you know, that he doesn't really have a timeline on when he's going to step away, but he wants his last match to be in Canada, Trish Stratus. So, um... I guess if you ever see a huge uh, premiere live event in Toronto, I would probably almost pencil that as the grand finale of Edge. Yeah, Edge apparently is challenging for the U.S. title this Monday on Raw against Theory. Um, yeah, so like I said, we'll see with Edge. I don't know. Yeah, you said in Canada, probably Toronto, maybe a Skydome show, or I think it's called Rogers Center now, excuse me. It might have even changed names since then. Uh, so we'll see. And as you said, you bring up the U.S. title, uh, which was in the Elimination cha- Chamber, excuse me. And it saw Austin Theory retain the title in the match. We all had different picks there. Chairman was the only one to pick Theory. Cam picked Johnny Gargano. I picked Seth Rollins. Um, probably the best cha- – I mean, I know we talked about the 2017 Chamber and the 2019 Chamber match both being good these last few years. I thought this was probably the best Chamber match of the new Chamber era. Uh, just, again, we talked about it in the women's match. Same thing with this match. Everybody came out of this match looking better than they were going in, especially Montez Ford coming out looking like a million bucks, coming out looking, you know, doing that weird, like, cannonball off the top of the cell. Uh, you had Johnny Gargano giving Seth a hurricanrana off the top of one of the pods. I mean, this was just, it was a spot fest, but it was one of those things where it was better than like a young bucks, you know, I'm going to get, we're going to get crap here because you're crashing AEW, crap in AEW again. But like the young bucks spot fest where everything looks so contrived and set up this one, like they made more sense when they happened. Like it wasn't a whole match of that stuff. You had the regular wrestling stuff mixed in there. I mean, I don't need to see Bronson Reed take a, a poison Rana ever again on his neck. That looked scary. Uh, but he came out of it looking great again. Like, just as I said, like, Playing to everybody's strengths in this match, which was a very big positive, and Theory retaining after we had Logan Paul come in uh, while Montez Ford was leaving the chamber and hitting uh, the best buckshot lariat in the business on uh, Seth Rollins, giving Theory the chance to pin him and get the win. Uh, I picked Seth to win because I thought maybe adding the U.S. title to the uh, Rollins-Logan Paul match would be a little bit, give it a little bit more spice, and you could have Logan Paul coming in talking about wanting to represent America, etc., I mean, hell, even Logan Paul was putting over Montez Ford in that match afterward. Uh, I think WWE's kind of struck good uh, here with Logan Paul and what he could do for them going forward. But uh, very positive all around. Like I said, my favorite uh, new era chamber match, I think. And again, just everybody coming out of it looking uh, looking great. Uh, what were your thoughts, Chairman? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the match for the most part. I mean, you started off with Seth Rollins and Johnny Gargano. And I guess they said last night, like the first time they've interacted with each other in WWE. I mean, I'm not going to go fact check and double check that, but you know, I mean, I can't remember when they have interacted. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, kind of wish a program would have developed between those two before Seth kind of had the whole crowd humming his song the whole time they were last night. And, uh, you know, when he was still kind of more of a heel, I mean, Gargano and Riles have been a great program. And I mean, some said we'll probably get there, but you know, I mean, Montez Ford had a breakout performance. I mean, we've talked about it and a lot of people agree, you know, like Montez Ford, you know, as a single star, there's potential there. I mean, I think we've seen firsthand last night that this guy can go. You know, he got put in a big spot in a big match, and he delivered. And if Street Profits happen to go their separate ways, Montez Ford will be okay. I think he has the tools to succeed as a single star. I mean, he can talk the talk. He can walk the walk. He can do it all. You know, Damian Priest had a great showing for the big guy, you know. You know, I would have liked to see Priest more involved, you know, in some bigger spots. But, you know, it is what it is. There's a lot going on in that match, you know, you know, especially if Rollins and Gargano and Montez Ford. But, you know, definitely, you know, Bronson Reed, you know, and Damian Priest, you know, two big guys. And we talked about, you know, a couple of weeks ago how, like, some of these big guys that had they put in there in the past years are just completely dead weight. But, you know, these guys, you know, they said they did a great job. You know, Theory is a garbage heel. You know, he obviously didn't do much to contribute to the match at all. He was just there. He's a waste of space. He retained, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, Edge beats him tomorrow night. Um, I didn't really care for the ending, per se. Like, I think the Logan Paul thing could have happened, like, 
mid-match to the end. Because, like, oh, Seth Rollins is the last one there, and then he loses to Trash Theory. And it works for the heel character, I guess, sure. But I don't know. I guess I would have rather seen, like, a more, like, Montez Ford or Johnny Gargano maybe fighting Theory to finish off the match and Seth getting eliminated in the middle. But, you know, what's done is done. We pretty much all know that Seth Rollins and Logan Paul is going to happen at Mania. Um, all these other guys, I mean, I'm sure Garbage Theory, unless he loses the edge. I mean, the U.S. title will probably be defended at Mania. Probably the pre-show because we're theory belongs because he's a piece of garbage, but um yeah I mean the match for, you know overall is better than some of them I've seen in the last few years for sure. I don't know I mean the rumors are out there that theory could be fighting John Cena for the U.S. title at Mania so maybe he gets a bigger match than you hope for Chairman if that's uh if that's going to be the case but we don't know yet we don't know what's going on with Cena um he's f- filming a movie so it's scheduled and I think it's out of the country too if I'm not mistaken uh so it's going to be tight for him to even maybe try to come for a build for Mania but uh we'll see we'll see what happens with Mr. Theory uh what were your thoughts Cam? I mean, I thought the match was really fantastic. I 100% agree with Chairman. I wish set that that spot happened somewhere like in the middle. You can have like Montez and Gargano and Bronson kind of like stare down Logan Paul, like who the hell are you type thing, um, and not let that be the deciding factor in the finish. Uh, you could still have some way, somehow, uh, Theory sneak in a win. Um, so I didn't really like that being a part of the finish. Um, I mean, Logan Paul is here to stay. Um I, I, I fear that Seth Rollins has taken a WrestleMania, another WrestleMania loss, and this time to a, another part-time um, celebrity. So, I mean, I thought the match was great. I mean, I think Montez showed, showed you know, that he can be a single star if they want to push him. Um, I picked Gargano because I liked, I liked the idea of Gargano winning and then him in theory going at it at Mania. Um, since Johnny's come back, he hasn't really done much. He's kind of just been there with Dexter and Candice, which is fine. You know, he's got to earn his way back up. Everyone can't be at the top of the card, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I just I think it's been like a little bit underwhelming of Johnny Gargano being back. So that's why I kind of just went with the wild card, throw it out there. Let's have Gargano win and him in theory could have a good match at WrestleMania. Um, That's not the case. As far as Mania goes, I mean, a few months ago we were talking about Cena's going to have a match. The Rock's going to be there. Stone Cold's going to have a match. And now it's kind of starting to sort of look like nobody's going to be there. And the only part-time guy is going to be Brock. And Triple H is really going to lean on his full-time roster. He's going to lean on Roman and Cody to be the main event. He's leaning on Sammy and um, Kevin Owens versus the Usos as possibly a main event of night one, you know, for the titles and everyone gets that big payoff, you know, after a year and a half long feud. Um, So it looks like Triple H is going to really rely on the roster to fill out the WrestleMania card. I mean, I don't, the rock's not coming back. Stone Cold has turned down matches. I assume if we don't see Stone Cold the next week or two, he might be there in some capacity, maybe throw a stunner on a couple of people or something. Maybe he hits LA Knight with a stunner, something like that at mania, but it doesn't look like we're getting a Stone Cold match. It doesn't look like we're getting the rock match. And unless we see Cena in the next couple of weeks, I don't really see it either. Plus, I don't really I mean, if it's going to be Theory versus Cena, it doesn't need to be for the U.S. title. Just a one on one singles match. Um, Cena beats him. Theory gets the rub for being in the ring with Cena, whatever you want to do. But I mean, I'm starting to think that's not going to be the case either. Um, I mean, at this point, it's probably going to end up being like a five, six man ladder match for the U.S. title. And maybe Triple H puts someone over new as the champion. Who knows? Uh, but it was a good match. It leaves a lot of questions. Um, I mean, I don't know if, if Edge beats Theory this this coming Monday, and maybe we get Edge Finn Balor. Who knows? There's a lot of questions still, but it looks like we're starting to see that it's going to be a WrestleMania where the only part-time guys are going to be Brock Lesnar and Logan Paul. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. I mean, there's a possibility, too, that Trish and Lita on the women's side are coming back for a six-woman tag against Damage Control, but it's not, not technically on the guy's side of things. But, yeah, I mean, you're 100% right that that could be the case, and I'm all for that. We've talked about it forever, how if you bring part-timers back, use them the right way, and they don't even have to use them now. You, now they can just use them in, like you said, a segment where, I don't know, Stone Cold comes out trying to try, uh, trash talk L.A. Knight. You know, they'll go back and forth, and like you said, L.A. Knight eats a stunner. I'm fine with that. And now we're at, of course, the main event. Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. I mean, you could tell if you watched SmackDown on Friday, the reaction Sami got when he came out there to cut that promo. No interruptions, no Roman, no bloodline. 
great promo. Then you get to this match. I mean, you could already tell like, it was an atmosphere. It was a great atmosphere the whole night. They were waiting for Sammy, and he comes out. You know, Roman comes out first, gets the chance at him, gets the fuck you, Roman, not bleeped out this time. Uh, you know, I love the little touch of Corey Graves basically saying it's a champion's prerogative to come out when he wants first or second, and he chose first. And then Sammy comes out, great pop. I mean, I think it took. I think they basked in it a little bit too long before they got to the actual wrestling, but it's a match where, you know, they did pro wrestling 101. They did the most basic stuff, but because the crowd was so hot and the crowd was so rabid for it, it worked. And, you know, Roman out there talking trash, you know, saying this is all, this is, I've waited for this for weeks and this is all you got. Him talking to Sami Zayn's wife saying how he wanted to, he took Sami in and he wanted to help provide for them and this is how he repays them. I mean, it was just, I know sometimes people don't like the, you know, the overacting in this stuff, but I thought it worked great here. I mean, then we get to the ending where Jay Uso comes back, doesn't end up doing anything, and Sammy accidentally ends up spearing Jay, and then Roman spears Sammy for the win. Uh, kind of like a weird, I, like, I thought it was a little bit of a flat finish because I thought there'd be something more definitive with what happens with uh, Jay and Jimmy Uso after this, but it's still an open-ended book, and it really didn't build toward like a Sammy KO versus the Uso tag match at WrestleMania. But I thought everything about this was great. Even KO coming out at the end. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you know, KO and Sammy aren't really friends yet, but Sammy tried helping KO, stopping him from a post-match, uh, getting a post-match beat down at the Rumble. So KO said, okay, I'll at least come out and try to help Sammy at the end here. And that's like a little nod. Well, okay, we're kind of even now, but don't forget, Sammy still did so many things to KO that why should KO trust him to be his friend? Uh, but like I said, just a great performance, great match, great atmosphere. I mean, I think we're getting to the point where we got to say Roman Reigns has maybe been the best performer character not wrestler but like just everything about him it's like these last couple of years is maybe the best we've seen i don't know what since the rock i mean maybe i'm overstretching my boundaries here but i mean you know you got your like i said your edges your randy orton's i mean john cena too but it's like i don't know man i think these last few years of roman reigns are putting him over the top big time especially you know and then of course you just think about it and it just hurts that you know, we could have seen this kind of heel character years ago after the shield broke up and we didn't, it took us this long to get it. But, uh, everything I think from top to bottom, this is, uh, was just great here. Uh, uh, go to you cam first on this one. Just what were your thoughts? I mean, over the top is last night was one of those papers where you always ask the, you know, you make that, that dumb little question. If you were going to show a non-wrestling fan, a wrestling show to watch, to get them into wrestling, uh, last night was one of those shows. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. The match was simple in its meaning, but everything about it was perfection. It was hype. It was enthusiasm. I mean, I've never seen Roman, you know, really sell, you know, blue thunder bombs and, you know, taking the Huluva kicks and everything. Like, it, it was great. Um, you know, they had a great camera shot of Jay teasing, hitting Roman. They teased it. They teased it. Nothing came of it. Um, we still got, what, five weeks till Mania, so – they got to do the little bit more build to get to that tag team title match. At some point, we'll see Kevin and and Sammy embrace and you know come to common ground to take these guys down. Um, maybe we'll have some sort of like six man tag. Um, I mean, I don't know if they would do that on Raw. Have Roman wrestle on Raw, but you could easily do a six man tag where you have Cody, Roman, or Cody, KO, and Sammy take on the Bloodline in a six man. Maybe post Mania, who knows? Um, but this has been all led up to it, and I think that. Um, come Mania and Roman, you know, loses the belts to Cody, assuming, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are tag team champions, that the Usos and Roman deserve that time off, and then it becomes Solo Sokoa's time to shine. Uh, maybe that's Cody's first opponent for the WWE title, for the titles, is, is Solo Sokoa, who knows? He wasn't there last night, so that was a little interesting. I was waiting for everyone to come down. Um, it was great. I mean, I do think it's a little tiny bit funny that Kevin Owens came out as late as he did. I mean, they could have still had Kevin come, Owens come down and Roman still went get the win, but it did come off as a little bit silly that Kevin Owens came out so late, like the last fucking 40 seconds of the pay-per-view, have him come out. Um, it is what it is. This is what we've been pretty much been building to is the tag title match and Roman versus Cody. And, you know, for a second there, I thought maybe Triple H had the balls to do it, put the title on Sammy. That place would have went insane. The internet would have went insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, Roman's Roman's on that God mode. I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, 
Punk's run was great, but I mean, you talk about all the guys who've had great runs over like a year, two year stretch. Romans is definitely going to go down in top three, top five of all time. Um, I mean, it has run its course, but at the same time, every single week there's a new layer. There's this, there's that. I've said for a year or so now, once they've, once they got Solo and once they got Sammy and everyone coming down to the ring, it just looks like the best presentation in pro wrestling history. Um, Roman's done a great job. And, you know, it all comes to a head at Mania. I think Sammy's done a great job. Um, it is tiny bit of a letdown, in my opinion, that you've built this all the way up just for him and Kevin just to dethrone the Usos. It feels like a consolation prize at the same time. Um, so maybe at some point, you know, they we did it last or this past Monday on Raw where, you know, Sammy and Cody kind of had their, their promos back and forth. So maybe at some point Sammy does get another world title match against Cody sometime in this year. I also have to give credit to you to Paul Heyman for taking the stunner the way that he took that stunner. Uh, just a great uh, little sell from him that goes to show you why he's such a great performer uh, in this business that he's been over these last, you know, what, like two decades now at this point, almost three decades. Uh, Chairman, what were your thoughts on the match overall? Before I break that all down, I'm going to run back to something where you left off, Justin, with the uh, Vince waiting forever to turn him heel. You know, you go back, what if instead of Seth Rollins joining the authority of Roman Reigns authority, and we would have had heel Roman Reigns authority figure for how many years. And then of course that goes to stuff, you know, Roman maybe have a brief face run, but then he starts that tribal chief run a couple years earlier. And we could be like six, seven years into a title run. Of course he had that leukemia, unfortunately, and we had to step away for a bit, but like, you know, I saw something today that he has been world champion for total days now, like cumulative between all of his reigns more than John Cena has held the world title. It's crazy to me thinking that John Cena's a 16 world time world champion, but I think John Cena only really had like two fairly lengthy reigns, whereas a lot of them have been kind of like shorter reigns. So impressive, you know, can pretty much nailed it on the head, you know, how dominant, you know, everything's been. It's just been impressive to watch this go down. Like I don't see anything rivalry in it anytime soon. Like this is a generational talent. And we're just living in it. Like, you want to see Roman go down because that's at least I do because like he's been in the chamber for so damn long but like we've built all these guys up like we've had the Drew McIntyre clash of the castle you know I'm like this is when he's going down he survives you know countless attempts before now you have Sammy in Montreal you know the whole crowd's behind him you know you're kind of wondering is this going to be a switch of the narrative you know is this going to happen you know the crowd is hot but Triple H you know and creative stuck to their guns Roman Cody, it makes sense because obviously both those guys are second generation talents. You know, Roman's whole story is bloodline family. Cody's obviously dedicating everything to Dusty. So that whole main event will be great to get once we get really into that now. You know, Sammy out there is going away, despite what some people think. You know, some people are like, oh, Sammy, Sammy's done now. You know, he's going to go back to whatever. But I don't think Sammy Zane's going away. Like, I think. He's been fantastic in this run, you know, whether him and KO team up to go after tag team championship or whatever Sammy Zayn does next. Like, I think he's a main event player to stay. I really do. Like, you know, Vince is gone. So Triple H, you know, he bleed to Sammy. Obviously, Sammy is a former NXT champion. So this is, this is, you know, a great moment for him, you know, to see what he can do. And, you know, there's a lot of questions with Jey Uso because obviously he had his chance to, you know, chair shot, you know, Roman or chair shot Sammy that was probably like the highlight of the night for me like waiting to see what he was gonna do like I was shocked to see the Usos there first off because I'm like don't they have some travel things and then like Cam said of Solo you're waiting for him to show up and he never did so that was kind of interesting and then like KO coming out at the end of the night like why wouldn't he come out when Jimmy and Jay are all out there but I don't know whatever but yeah I mean the match was fine it was simple you know Roman wins the place deflated Lots of questions going into Mania. And, you know, a lot of people will probably assume just because it's WrestleMania and Roman Reigns has been dominant for so long, like Cody's going to win the championship. But, you know, I'm going to throw the question is, what if Cody doesn't win? What if Roman survives yet again? Then what the hell happens? Does Roman Reigns go another year of dominance until we get to WrestleMania 40? I mean, this could keep going. We don't know right now. So I'm along for the damn ride. Yeah, especially when you consider 1,000 days is so close right there. I mean, he's not going to get to 1,000 days before WrestleMania. So, you know, it's one of those, it's a number that you go, well, you know, we could do this, like, 
1000 and just have him win at Mania. I mean, that almost would kind of ruin the Cole Cody story. I don't know what you would do at Cody from there. Where does it turn into an AEW situation? I mean, obviously, you can go back after the title, but you, know, you look at, you know, SummerSlam is going to be at Fort Field. That's another big stadium show. Um, Mania then next year, you know, it's a lot of questions. You know, then you have to start, then you start looking, okay, who the hell is actually going to beat this guy? uh for the title i mean it's a lot to question it's a lot to think about but yeah like you said i'm definitely along here for this ride to see what ends up happening with roman um two more things i wanted to bring up before we're done here for today of course the first being somewhat in relation to uh this past weekend in elimination chamber uh ariel hawani ufc or mma reporter for BT Sport was on SmackDown and the Elimination Chamber. You know, he's from Montreal. You know, he was talked about Bonnie with Sammy being, uh, they were both in, uh, Mon- they were both at the uh, Survivor Series 97. They're both from Montreal. Um, <laughs> so he's on, you know, he works for BT Sport. He covers WWE for BT Sport and he's on SmackDown. And Tony Khan got his hands on his phone after drinking the, uh, the White Claws all night and says, uh, criticizes Ariel Hawani for his unbiased journalism, you know, saying like he's as much of a journalist as Tony Schiavone, where it's like this goes all the way back to when Tony was on Ariel's show and Ariel was asking him tough questions about anything. And Tony Khan was given no answers and just promoting his, you know, pay-per-view that was coming up. And, you know, I understand not answering stuff around the Bucks and Punk and the All Out stuff, but he wasn't answering stuff about even WWE stuff. He wasn't giving non-answers. So Ariel kind of crapped on him for it and said, you know, it was a bad interview. It was one of the worst interviews I've ever done. You know, I got no answers. And then so Tony does that. And then on um, Elimination Chamber, there was something on the pre-show where they basically said that, you know, anything, anybody who says he's not credible, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but, and then on, they show him during the actual show, and Michael Cole says the most unbiased journalist uh, that asks the tough questions, even if you don't want to answer them. Uh, so, man, it was just a big L all weekend for uh, Tony Khan when it came to that. And this is what happens when you fire the first shot that nobody you know provoked you for. Then you get the shot fired right back at you, and then you can't really respond because then you look even worse if you respond. Uh, just what did you think of that, uh, Cam? I mean, at this point, they should just hire Ariel and just, you know, another guy just on there he could do do the pre-shows and things like that clearly you know he has built-in fan base with ufc um built-in fan base with the wwe you know he has his podcast and all that stuff um tony khan did whatever interview i think he was on dan lebitard or some shit that no one watches on espn in the middle of the day um stating that they're in a war with the wwe and it's like are you really though are we really in this in a war like we talked about this years ago when it was nxt versus AEW straight up I mean, I don't feel like we're really in a war. I feel like it's all that all that talk has calmed down. Some guys might leave WWE and go to AEW. Some guys might leave AEW and go to WWE. I don't necessarily think they're in a quote-unquote war. I think Tony Khan thinks he's in a war, and I think Triple H is just doing his best to book. Um, and maybe Tony Khan is spending too much time thinking about what Triple H is doing and what the contract situation with FTR is and you know, how we kind of dropped the ball and didn't bring in Mercedes Monet. And she, you know, now is new Japan women champion. And um, there's a lot of things that I think that Tony Khan does right. Um, But I think there's a lot of things that Tony Khan does wrong. And as a, as a CEO of a company and, you know, part owner of the Jags and part owner of, of Fulham that he needs to stay off fucking Twitter and his dad needs to do what all rich dads do is go to find his son's drug dealer and tell him to stop selling his son drugs. Um, (laughs) I think Tony's biting off more than he can chew. I think he needs to focus on his product because week to week AEW is not very good. Um, the MJF stuff since he's become champion has been boring. Uh, I think Tony needs to focus on that and really, you know, put his best foot forward as the WWE has put their best foot forward as they head into Mania. Um, they got Cody, they got Roman. I mean, you you think about it. That match last night, the build last night. Can AEW ever do anything like that? Can they ever get to that point where a year and a half story gets a gets a payoff and all these things? I mean, I don't know. Um, but it, it, it's funny to see Tony Khan like be easily, easily um, taken off, taken off, um, you know, easily pushed around or whatever you want to say, easily annoyed and things like that, where he should be able to hold his own ground and not respond to a journalist. But that just goes to show they probably just making fun of him in backstage at WWE like they used to do on BTE where they used to make fun of Triple H. Triple H is like, who's laughing now? Because I'm going to get Jay White and more than likely I'm probably going to get Kenny Omega next April too. 
Yeah, I mean, when you're getting, I mean, I, I think Michael Cole's been better since Vince isn't yelling in his ear anymore. But when you get Michael Cole, of all people, dunking on you like that, and I, now I know it was probably a line fed to him. They had, probably had it planned out beforehand. But when it's Michael Cole, of all people, dunking on you on a, prod, on a broadcast, it's it's not a good look. Uh, what about you, Chairman? Yeah, I mean, I just laughed when I see all this. Like, the closest there was to a war was probably when Dynamite first started and when NXT was tolerable you know back in the black and gold one era you know wednesday nights you know that was probably the closest war we're gonna get AEW never went head to head with smackdown or raw and they'd get killed especially now because AEW's prior to falling off passively it's dynamite's almost to the point where i'm like do i really want to watch this this week like i hate to say it but it's just not been good like it's boring like, you got all the wrong people in the wrong spots. You got all the wrong people pissed off at you. Like, I don't know where the magic went. I mean, I, I'll say it all the time, and we all agree. You know, when Cody left, I think creativity went to shit. And, yeah, sure, you got some key guys out right now, too. That, but, you know, WWE's got AJ Styles out, and they're not missing a beat. You know, they, they every, everybody has injuries. So you have to overcome them, whether it be professional sports or wrestling. Guys get hurt. It's life. You know, people get sick. It's life. You got to rally and re refigure it out and tony khan right now is not doing so good he can't even handle a random reporter dude i don't know this guy much about him whatever this kind of sport coverage great great for him you know but like tony's getting all frazzled it's like bro you got a pay-per-view coming up in a couple weeks and i'm not spending 50 bucks to watch it right now unless you really convince me but it ain't looking hot buddy so worry about your own place instead of WWE right now yeah, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up, and Cam already kind of mentioned it, is the talk that, you know, obviously everybody's talking about Jay White. Jay White lost to Eddie Kingston uh, yesterday, in addition to Mercedes Monet winning the IGWGP women's title. But So Jay White can no longer wrestle for New Japan at all, so he's done there. Um, and But, you know, Dave Meltzer said over the weekend that, you know, according to him, his sources, that nobody's really talked about Jay White, and there was a bigger fish that WWE might be after. And everybody's kind of speculating on who it was, and then I think it was Sean Ross Sapp who said that Kenny Omega's contract actually maybe coming up sooner than a lot of people think and that there wasn't any injury time added to Kenny's contract and he may end up being a free agent and that may be the WWE's number one priority right now which I mean if they can get Kenny Omega signed I don't know what the Bucks contract status is I think they actually may have another year left but I mean signing over two of the executive VPs from the start of AEW it'd be a pretty big coup. And like, if you're Kenny Omega, you kind of got to look at it that he's up, he's getting up there in age. His body's been through a lot of injuries. You know, does he want to go out there and have all these crazy matches? Or maybe he'd be okay working like a few 10 to 12 minute matches on TV every other week and not having to put his body out on the line every single time he's out there. Uh, it was definitely an interesting conversation to have. And we know that the WWE made a play for Kenny before, um, you know, they've always been, I think Young Buck said when they wrote their book, when they were in negotiations with WWE, that, you know, they have the utmost respect for Triple H and how they were treated during the negotiating process. Uh, so there's that to look for. So there's that that's playing in their side, too, with the Bucks and Kenny Omega. But it's definitely an added thing about, OK, maybe we finally get one of these raw after manias where we get Kenny, Jay White. FTR showing up and having a huge like boost here and you can maybe try to clean out some of the dead weight that's in WWE that's been sitting there for a while like your Baron Corbins or your I don't know like your madcap mosses that just really don't add anything for you there but uh, you kind of touched on to Cam first and what do you think do you think this is a real possibility I mean I think it's 100% a real possibility I mean Kenny Omega wanted to be in the WWE if I remember correctly when he was growing up in Canada he watched the WWE he understands the WWE system I mean he talked about it he's getting closer to 40 if not already 40 um that New Japan strong style stuff starts to really take a whole toll on your body um he's been in AEW he's been world champion he doesn't seem like he's climbing that ladder anytime soon it looks like we're getting you know MJF Brian Danielson I mean at some point I feel like if Tony Khan's smart he would you know, I fantasy booked at some point you bring Punk back, have Punk help help the elite to take down uh, MJF and have Kenny Omega win the title via CM Punk. I think that would really jumpstart AEW again if they do go that route. Um, but, yeah, it has to be a 100% real thing. I mean, WWE can just throw crazy money at him. Even if it's like a two-year deal, you have Kenny come in. Everyone that's in the WWE, he's never wrestled. Him and Roman, main event. Him and Seth Rollins, main event. Him and 
fucking everybody on that roster is a main event match. Um, you bring him in, like I said, for a couple years and maybe let him go back to japan or whatever i think it's a real thing i think kenny would for sure at least entertain that idea um he's seen how cody's being booked if you bring in jy you see how jy's being booked um triple h being in charge i think is that key if it was vince still i'd say i'd say like a 15 20 chance with triple h booking i'm saying at least a 60 65 chance that at some point you know either be Later this year or early next year, um, Kenny Omega coming in at number 30 in the Royal Rumble next year would fucking blow the world away. And Tony Khan would go cry himself a river in a snowball in Fulham. <laughs> All right. What do you think, Chairman, as we finish up here? I mean, I think what would happen is he would be the third member of New Day. He could join Xavier Woods and Kofi and they can play video games together. And then the Young Bucks would be replaced and then they can go start the WWE trio titles. Nah, I'm just fucking with you. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of rumors. I mean, this is the first I really heard about it. Um, But I don't know. There's a lot. I don't know contracts, especially with wrestling. I mean, could they add injury time? Could they, you know, is there is there ops that Tony can use? Um, I don't know. I mean, would he leave the Bucks behind? Would the Bucks go with him? Um, Adam Cole is going to be like, what the hell, man? <laughs> um, But you know what? If they if they get, you know, Kenny and the Bucks back to WWE – then Tony Khan can get CM Punk back and then all will be happy. except for maybe Jericho who doesn't want Punk back, but then he tweets him about Punk. So I don't, I don't know. It's a big mess right now, but you know, Jay White, we talked about a couple weeks ago, probably going to be a post mania debut. I would assume at this point, um, I would assume he's going to WWE anyway. That's where I would bet my money, but you know, Kenny Omega would be interesting, especially if all those guys like came together with like FTR and then, like, you know, you got Finn, and then you got Styles when he comes back, and then it could do, like, a Bullet Club ripoff or new new NWO, I mean, whatever you want to do, and then go conquer the world, and then Cody will be, like, the Avenger superhero Captain America and try to take him down. I don't know. It'll be fun to watch. Um, Speculating's fun. Yeah, and then Tony Khan will probably cry about contract tampering again at some point because they got to get that in there, too, but... Yeah, it's definitely the most interesting, the most exciting uh, WrestleMania season to look at um, in quite a while. And especially with all these rumors about guys that could be left, uh, you know, could be leaving, could be coming back. I think it's definitely going to be a, a fun few weeks here ahead as we lead up to WrestleMania. So uh, that's our show for today. We'll be back next week to follow up with everything coming out of the uh, post-elimination Chamber Raw and SmackDowns. Probably get a little bit deeper into AEW, too, even though you kind of get our idea about what you think uh, it's been right now at this point. But we'll dive a little bit deeper into it. But for my co-host Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys next week.